Welcome back to the Trifecta Soft Podcast. I'm your host, E-Rock. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you haven't already, so you never miss another podcast. Also, do me a favor. Go on to whatever podcast app you listen to us on and give us a rating and review. That really helps us rank in the searches. Thank you so much. Let's get into the podcast. How much? Is it working? It's working, man. All right, perfect. You can't hear yourself through my phone, can you? No, huh? All right, cool. Just check. <laughs> I don't know why uh, sometimes it's like that with the speakerphone. It, it's very rare. Um, most of the time, it's actually pretty decent. Um, as long as somebody, if they're on their phone like that uh, without earbuds, as long as they're in a like a quiet room or a quiet space, because if they're outside or not outside, but if they're in a room where there's a background noise, yeah, it'll uh, in there and the, if they're in the middle of talking, it'll cut out because you know noise cancellation and shit. So, this fucking chair, bro. Um, huh? I got an airplane passing over. Oh yeah, yeah. Go ahead, man. Take your time. We'll. Uh, I can't get this fucking chair to. There we go. All right. All right. Yeah, man. I'll wait for you to get in. All right. I'm going to just close this. I'm on this podcast right now. All right. We're good. Hell yeah. Stuff a lot. Got all my stuff out so I can flex it. Oh, good. Yeah, dude. Good. Unfortunately, my new build didn't get here. It's out for delivery, but... Oh, okay. I gotcha. Yeah, man. That's, uh... I know, whenever I'm waiting on something, it's, uh... At our place, like UPS or Amazon stuff, it'll usually... It used to be here, like, around 6... Between 6 and 7 at night. Yeah. And then lately, it's been, like, all over the fucking place. Like, I had two deliveries today two separate deliveries and then uh and then sometimes it's like fucking nine o'clock at night it's weird as shit yeah like so so i actually live like right next to our ups center you know what i mean so it's usually here like by noon so i hauled ass at work today to get done to get here and and i ordered a dye mask yesterday from mirror tactical i'm not quite sure where they're located but it's a few states away Gotcha. It got here first. Oh shit! Yeah, before in the package that so I bought a gun from a buddy, and he lives in Orlando, which is like probably two three hours from me. But I didn't feel like driving there, you know what I mean? So I was like, "Well, just right. still waiting." <laughs> Hell yeah, man! So you are. Uh, so introduce yourself a minute. What's your um, call sign and and all that shit? And what does it mean? So I, my call sign is Frosty, and it's kind of so I I'm, I'm associated with a team called Rebel Scum. They're more of a Milsim based team. But when I first got back into airsoft like three years ago, you know, I got a basic like four hundred dollar gun and went out there, and they were the first people to talk to me and like bring me in. So I've just been I'm not on their team. Well, I guess I am, but I'm more associated with them than being on their team. But gotcha. I'm. I'm the captain of DTP, which is disturbing the peace. So, hell yeah, I've been on a few speed QB teams, and I had another one called TFM, which was the Florida Mafia. But 
we had some issues with our old captain and things kind of went downhill fast. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever there's uh, any kind of animosity in the group, um, it can, it can tank fast because uh, that shit spreads like cancer, bro. Big time. Yep. All right, we tried to stay together after, you know, whatever happened, happened, but the seed was sown, you know what I mean? And yeah. No, that's all it takes. Yep. Yeah, this, uh, you know, we feed, you know, humans feed off each other. So if there's, uh, and I've talked about this recently with somebody where, um, if you, if anyone's ever been to like a, a big, either a rock concert or a football game or any kind of game where the, you know, you're surrounded by all these people in close proximity and a national anthem comes on and you all, you like everyone feel, is, is kind of focused on that and the same kind of vibe going. Like it feels really good, you know, like, um, you know, it almost chokes you up a little, like you get the, you know, you get tingles and, um, but the, the same is true with the, um, with the opposite with, uh, negative shit on a team in a close proximity. You got fucking, <laughs> they're giving out those fucking hateful vibes Oh yes. and bro, it just spreads. I'm going to tell you, you know, four years in the Marine Corps I spent and the military, especially the Corps, has that shit. They understand how that works. So, if I love Bravo. I, I feel you. Oh, exactly. Yes. So they keep your ass busy, right? And not not just busy, like busy work. Like we're gonna run your dicks in the dirt so that you can't be negative. <laughs> I think we did just for no reason, bro. Like, okay, y'all want to fight? Uh, fill some sandbags, bitches. Okay. Put those sandbags over here. This <laughs> way. <laughs> Oh, dude. Yes. So, yeah, what, uh, you were in the, uh, military? Yes, army. So I was infantry for a little while. Yeah. Everything that happened because it's hard to talk about, but, you know. Yeah. Airsoft is a good. When did you get out? Uh, 2014. Okay. Bro, you look young as fuck. You look really good. Hey. Yeah, you look really good, man. For real. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's honestly. It's because of the sport that, like, you know, when I got out, I kind of fucking, you know, when I first got out, I stopped running because nobody was there to make me run every day. You know what I mean? Right. And I just started getting a little bit heftier. And then I got back into this. And when I was doing, like, the Milsim side for a while, you know, I was still pretty hefty. And then I found, you know, we had some speed saunters come out to the field. And for a while, I hated them. And then I was like... (laughs) Well, if you can't beat them, join them, and then now it's just a way of life for me. I love the competitive aspect of it. You know what I think is cool, man? Uh, and I didn't know this about your background until just now, is that uh, you played both sides. You played Milson, like you started out kind of like that, and then you were in the military, so you know all the tactics, and you know, you know, you, you know camos and fucking gear and running and gunning with that shit, you know, and then uh, – and then you go to Speedsoft and you really, that's like what you prefer. And I think there's this, uh, there's always, they're always, people are always trying to kind of like make that divide. Go, go in your room. <laughs> Is that one of your kids? Yeah, it's my son, man. He. Yeah, oh, he, shit. Okay. He just don't listen to save his life. Oh, man. how old is he? Five. Oh, hell yeah. Dude, five is awesome, man. About to be six. (laughs) (laughs) If he makes it that far. We used to joke with our kids, you know, like, yeah, keep on going. You ain't making it until six, okay? Uh, I tell him, 
Yeah, so that's uh, they're always trying to make that divide, you know, like the Speedy Boys and then the the Mill Sims, and and I understand there's a huge difference. Ever since I got into the competitive, like I'm really big in competitive stuff. That's my where I, mm-hmm. I mean. So once I've switched over to the speed soft, you know, it's more for the compet. I don't really play open play anymore. I, you know, I get in. We we get practice time, so you know we practice for about five hours, and then that's usually pretty good for me. I'm ready to go home. You know what I mean? I'm only focused on getting better and ready for the next season. I'm not, but we still participate in some Milsom events, just not as many as I used to. Yeah, so you guys practice for five hours. That's a that's a damn long practice for airsofters. Oh yeah, man. You have to. You know, you see some of these teams, and they're just fucking. You know, some of them are just ungodly, you know what I mean? Mm. And we're just starting out, so it's like we need to put in, you know, it's like I tell my guys, I know you're tired now, but you're, you're going to appreciate it if we come out on top and we're standing on the podium. So just fucking focus on it, you know what I mean? Well, the you know, the one thing I heard too recently is, uh, as I've been talking with a lot of the uh, speed softers, is, you know, the NSL tournaments, they're – um they're way different for a lot of the guys in the in the U.S. A lot of the teams that played speedsoft, they are like with those rules with the continuous like what is it, uh, twelve minutes or something like nonstop. What is it? Fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah, that's that's like so like some of my guys aren't. I'm ex-military, so sometimes I get a little knife handy on them. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> But, you know, I, I stress conditioning, you know what I mean? It's just right. like just like football, you know, you focus on the conditioning come fourth quarter when everybody else is gassed, you're still ready to go. Yep. You guys got to realize this isn't speed QB. We're not playing three-minute rounds anymore, you know what I mean? It, it's way different. Uh-huh. Now, do you guys want your – do you want your team to work – like go to these uh, or compete in the NSL tournaments? Oh, absolutely. So I actually have two of my guys leaving for Indiana tomorrow. They're going to be playing with uh, a team called Bloodline, which I helped put together for that event up in Indiana because I kind of get all my guys up there. I was supposed to be going up there, but I had a family issue come up and family's first for me. So yeah, can't make that one. We're hoping to be in the camp and we're going to participate pretty much in any event we can get into. So we have the NSL and then you have the CSO League, and then I think Speed QB is going to be putting on a couple events this year. So hopefully we can get into all of those as much okay. as we do. You want to do. You want to do a bunch, a bunch of them to uh, get the practice in. Is this the first season you guys are a, a full team? So this is this will be our first season with. So we played half of last season under a team called TFM, like I told you, and then things kind of fell apart. And then we played the second regionals for SpeedQB last year, also under TFM, because I was trying to hold it together when I lost a bunch of the people. You know, I brought some new guys in, some older people that I had been friends with. It just didn't work, so we made DTP right before the champion, I think like two weeks or a week before the championships. And, you know, we practiced, I think, once together as a full team and managed I think we came in – eighth or ninth place you know but our goal was you know as a brand new team top 10 which we secured and then taking a round off of every team which we managed to do so you know for being a week 
together for a week, it was something. But now I've got a solid squad that I've managed to put together. We're putting in consistent practices. So next season, I don't want to sound cocky, but hopefully next season will be a force to be reckoned with instead of just a stepping stone team for another team. You know what I mean? Right. I don't want to be the team that they bring in to bump up another team. I want, you know what I mean? It's not. <laughs> Like the practice dummies in football. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, the red shirts, the 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 uh, the practice squad. You know. That, I wonder if this package is here yet. Yeah, go check, man. Oh, I keep checking and hoping, but that's cool. Hell yeah, man. I do have one build I can show you. Yeah, let's see what you got. Uh, this is my chest rig. Really light. Okay. Yeah. I'll line. I have a speed QB belt, but switching back from – I used to play up front, which the belt comes in handy, but now I'm an anchor again for this season. So I don't really need a belt, and I like to show off that patch. <laughs> it looks awesome. This is this is just a bit – how do I fucking flip the camera around? Look at you. Why don't you figure out some technology, bro? So this is just a basic backpack, but there's our patch. Nice. Glows in the dark, and then this is oh. our that team I was telling you about. Okay. Rebel patch. This yeah, so patch. your your patch the um the first one you showed me your patch yeah. there, your current one that yeah. um iron sharpens iron. You have that on your uh, Instagram, right? Isn't it like uh, Latin or something? Uh, that's actually Old Norse. Old Norse, nice. Oh well, yeah, I'm really big into like the Viking culture and all that. Yeah, yeah. man, that's fucking cool. So, this is a custom case my co captain built me. Nice. Yeah. And we can change the configuration and stuff inside of it. There we go. That's my belt, obviously. Ah, okay. And this is my baby. Yeah, what is it? A bit longer. I'm contemplating selling it just because I, I buy and sell guns like crazy because I'm really big into trying new shit and then sending it on its way. It looks cool as shit. What is it? KWA what? This is a KWA uh, Type S E4. Okay. The Speed QB edition. Yeah. A speed trigger in it. And then I put a brushless warhead motor in there. Oh, nice. There you go. Battery in there still. No. Dude, you're, uh, the end um, where the flash hider kind of is, you know what it looked like when you first pulled it out? I thought it was a fucking Reaper round from uh, a tag-in. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, just the tracer. But yeah, this. Honestly, I, this is my favorite gun. I'm really struggling with getting rid of it, but why? You, I, why are you getting rid of it again? Be, well, so I bought a new. I'm, I have a really bad issue with buying new stuff. Like, it's just an addiction <laughs> for me at this. Shit, it's just an yeah. addiction at this point. You know what I mean? Like, I'm always wanting the next new thing, so I. I sold this one so I could get my new build that's coming, you know, like right. I bought it because I know this one will sell if I want it sold really fast. It's already sold technically, but I haven't hundred percent committed to the sell. Now do you go on uh when you do these sales, do you go to hop up? Where do you sell it on? So or just I, friends you know? I've done a few transactions through hop up that have been good. But then I had a couple that I kind of wound up getting burnt on. I've heard of that. So I, I stopped doing that. I honestly, I just post my guns, you know, 
on Instagram Insta? my story and I'll just I'll just throw the price up there. Like the I had a uh, a loco build which is a a Euro AEG pretty much. I posted that and it sold in like twenty minutes. You know what I mean? Jesus. This one here, I will. I like. I posted it. I go to bed early because I get up early as shit for work. Yeah, what kind of work do you do? I install garage doors, but so I I get up at two a.m. even on Saturday. Doesn't matter what day of the week it is. That's just when I wake up. I enjoy the quiet time. <laughs> Damn, bro. But, so um, I mean, I've heard of people getting up early. You know, like they say all. You know, like one of these uh, rules of success. You know, like get up early, have your you know, workout time or exercise and uh, motivation, like uh, meditation and shit, you know, and all that kind of quiet time for yours. Like at that time is for yourself. But these guys are talking like, you know, I know Jocko Willink gets up at, you know, he works out at four. Some people get up at, you know, five to work out and six or whatever. If they have to be at work at like eight or nine, you're talking like 2 a.m., bro. You When the fuck, <laughs> where did that come from? When I was in the military, it actually started in basic. I would always pull the 2 a.m. fire guard shift. So, and then when I was in basic, I, I was a hustler. You know what I mean? I had peanut butter packs on deck for sale, cough drops, everything. But the, my biggest moneymaker, I walked away with 5000 bucks just from this one in cash from basic, was taking people's fire guard shift. Holy shit. Charged $100 a shift, and I would pick up like four shifts a night. So I was making like 400 bucks a day in basic four months of basic, bro. I was fucking banking it. Oh my God. Top of like peanut butter and cough. Cause we were allowed to have cough drops. So I just had my people sending massive bags of like the real sweet cough drop. I was selling like five for a dollar. It was crazy. I think I left what? basic 10,000 plus bucks in cash. <laughs> Holy shit, dude, you are fucking a hustler, man. I love it. Gotta be, man. I have expensive taste, so I gotta make money. I mean, that is fucking innovative, man. That is cool as shit. Yeah. And then, like, I figured out how to unlock our laundry, because our laundry room was in our, our, bay, our bay, you know what I mean? So, but they had a door that leads behind the washers and dryers, you know, so they can fix it, whatever. I managed to pick the lock so we could get people in on the weekends to sleep, and we would just sleep in fucking shifts. Oh my god! Because on Sunday we don't, <laughs> but you're not allowed to sleep, so you're just standing around all damn day in the bay, just fucking thumb up. Right. Like, we made a chessboard one time out of like soap and shit, and our drill sergeant framed it because he was so impressed by it. Holy shit, that's awesome, man! Hell yeah! Okay, where'd you go to? Uh, where were you stationed at? Uh, or where'd you go to base so or whatever? I went to at Fort Benning. Benning. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was right. I was right on top of Sand Hill. So, when you're infantry in the army, when you graduate infantry training, you go to a place called Honor Hill. My barracks window was directly across from Honor Hill, so I got to wake up every morning and see that shit. So it was motivation as fuck. Damn. Because we had also like we had a few people like if you didn't pass your PT test or whatever, you know, they didn't drop you. But you'd have to take a redeemal one, like right at the end of, right before graduation. So you would go through the final FTX for a week out in the field, do the well for us it was like fifteen mile march back from FTX, even though it was supposed to be twelve. Right. 
then you go right to Honor Hill from the FTX on the end of that rock march, and all the people didn't pass their PT test and shit. Just had to stand outside. You know, they got like they did their test and passed and got to graduate, but they didn't get to go through the ceremony and shit that like every other infantryman has ever been like done. So I was like, oh wow, sucks to suck. Yeah, I mean, well, there's there's supposed to be some the the agony of defeat, like. That is that. That's why it's built into these competitions that we set up. Is so you lose, so you feel bad. Um, there, that's a real life thing, man. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I felt bad for him, but at the same time, like when you get to cross through those gates, you you stop giving a fuck about anything until you get your crossroads. Well, I I had a hard time feeling bad for people that um, didn't have a legitimate excuse as to why they couldn't make something right but when you go to basic in the army i don't know if it's the same with the marine corps but you spend about a week in reception okay yeah same god that that was the hardest part for me was just standing around doing nothing bro so first day going downrange to fucking actual basic you know getting yelled at and shit you know i'm expecting a real i was disappointed by the shark attack for one it wasn't hard none of basic like Saying it now, it wasn't hard, but, you know, at the time, it may have been. Sure. But it felt kind of like our shark attack, all they made us do, so we're what, at the top. Shark? I've never heard of that. What is that? So, you know how when you go in the Marine Corps and they're fucking yelling at you when you get off the bus and shit? Yeah, get on the yellow footsteps and all that. Same shit, except, you know, they're taking our stuff and throwing it all over the place, and then you have to right. go fucking get all your shit organized. It's, okay. But for us, all they had us do was, like, hold our bags over our head, run up to the company area, and then just stand there with our bags over our head. So we're standing there, you know, it's like 20 minutes in, and, like, everybody thought for some reason they were going to make us hold our laundry bags over our head, so they put all their heavy shit in their duffel bag. Well, I heard differently, so I put all my light shit in my duffel bag and, like, all my boots and all that in the fucking laundry bag. So I'm holding, like, what I'll hold this shit up all day if I have to. The kid next to me sets his shit down on the ground, and sits oh. on it. Oh. Fucking drill sergeant just like, you know, right oh, on. Oh, yeah. And he starts screaming at me because why am I not stopping him from doing this? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know how he got It's cross-eyed. Is like, cross-eyed as all can be. I don't know what his recruiter did to get him in. Oh, my God. He, he refused to train from day one. He was there two months after we graduated We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Skirmish, the future of Airsoft gameplay management. Are you ready to take Airsoft to the next level? Skirmish's innovative gameplay solution keeps players and spectators engaged with real-time updates. Capture objectives, detonate targets, medic, and more at Skirmish-enabled fields. Skirmish tracks every action so you don't have to. Review past games, action by action, and follow your progress in national rankings. Phones are not required. If you want to find out more, head to skirmish.net and check out episode 157 of this podcast where I talk with the owner of Skirmish about how it started and how it works. Stay connected, my friends. I don't understand these people that sign up. Bro, you get like multiple chances. All right. So you get, so let's say you're going like, okay, I got this idea. I want to go in the military. Yep. I've been playing Call of Duty. I could do this fucking shit. Okay. And then, <laughs> and then you go to the recruiter, and 
so you talk, I mean, it's a, it's a fairly long process. You don't, it's not like in Vietnam where they draft you and then you show up and the next day you're in boot camp. Okay. This is like, we, they've got to do all kind of, you got to fill out all this fucking paperwork. You got to do uh medical tests. You got to go to MEPS. You got to do all this fucking shit. You got to swear in twice, right? Like the second time is the, is the actual time exactly. that you go, you know, it's like you get all these chances and then we still have, I had the same thing. Still had that we had these twin brothers in boot camp that from day one, I'm like, why the fuck did you sign up if you didn't want to be here, bro? Exactly. Like, I knew it was going to be. So when I was in basic, like everybody was just like hanging on every day, hoping we got mail. I didn't write a single letter. <laughs> I didn't. I yeah. hardly did. Yeah. Hey, when they gave us our phones, you know, to call home, I just went in the bathroom and fucking did my business. If you catch my drift. Yes. Because- I didn't want to fucking distract myself with family. And then now that's all I'm thinking about the amount of people I see him falling apart because they didn't get a letter or some shit. I'm like, bro, don't fucking worry about it. I was like, just fucking you're here. Have fun. The shit's fun. We yeah. playing in the Bay. We're sitting there riding the goddamn floor polisher. Like it's a goddamn bull. Like, <laughs> yeah. Fun. Enjoy the t- doing here. When you get out, you'll be able to contact your family. It's not the end of the world. Right. Yeah, no shit. I think the worst shit I saw, though, was, so, I don't know if it is for the Marine Corps, but for the Army, if you go infantry, you do your nine weeks of basic, and then we got a three-day pass, and then we had two more months of infantry training, Mm. you know, so it's like almost four months straight that you're there. Wow. No, okay, so we do uh, what we did. I don't know how they do it now. You know, I was in, uh, I went in 89, so that's a long fucking time ago. Um, <laughs> so, Paris Island, we went uh, 13 weeks for boot camp, and then uh, we go home, we graduate, and then we go home, we get we get leave what? for, uh, it, it's supposed to be seven days or something like that. I can't remember, honestly. It's supposed to be like somewhere around uh, uh, five to seven days or something, but if you sign up for recruiter's assistance then you can work with your recruiter uh, and it's like you get an extra week or some shit. Oh, so shit. most of us did that. And then uh, especially if you know, if you know your recruiter or whatever kind of thing. So we do that to get extra time on leave because you still have to work, but you work like a nine to five with the recruiter. So you're making phone calls all day. Well, then you go, you leave that and you go to what we uh, MCT Marine combat training. So you go 30 days in the woods uh, for all of our, um, you know, tactical and all that yeah. kind of training. <clears throat> and then, uh, and then from there, you don't get leave after the 30 days, you go from there right to your school. And then your school, uh, if you are stationed in the States, you go from your schooling right to your duty station. If you're going overseas for a year, then you get leave and then go overseas. So I actually went, I went to Japan. So I got 10 days after uh, boot camp, then MCT school, and then 30 days, I got leave for 30 days, and then I had to go to Japan for a year. So, (laughs) Fuck that. Yeah, I know my cousin, actually, I seen him a couple times when I was there because we joined up around the same time, but he was a pogue. (laughs) He was pencil pusher, yeah. I think the funniest thing I've ever seen... So we were coming out of the chow hall, right? And for infantry in the army, we get to carry M4s everywhere. 
Gotcha. Everybody else is carrying M16s. It's big old long motherfuckers. Yeah, that's what I used. What, what's wrong with I, that, man? Come on. My cousin <laughs> next to him, and the rock was taller than he is. I was dying laughing when I seen it. Like I ran over there like and risked talking to him for a minute, but when he graduated, so they graduate and they don't even get like five minutes to talk to their parents. As soon as you graduate, the drill sergeants are rushing them on the bus to send them out to their fucking, uh, fuck, what's it called? Is it AIT? You guys call, call yeah. AIT? Okay. And then when we, so when we graduated, you know, cause ours was obviously longer cause we were infantry. Right. I think we got like two minutes and then it was on the bus and fucking go. Wow. Oh, yeah. They don't, and you right to your fucking duty station. Oh, that's wild. Okay. Yeah. We, yeah, it's a little different. I don't know how it is now, but you know, that's how we did it. Yeah. And it was, I was really glad that we got this time when I graduated. Um, I was really glad we had that time to, you know, with our family, or whatever, because my dad and I were not getting along. Um, when I was a teenager, you know, I got kicked out of my house. When I was 17. I came back just in time to go to boot camp and stuff and graduate high school and go to boot camp. Yeah. And, uh, but we were still kind of at odds, like a lot before I went to boot camp. Well, they came to my graduation and, uh, you know, I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. They drove down here to South Carolina where I live now, uh, to, to, uh, Paris Island for my graduate. My dad was in the Navy. So he was so proud. Like all the shit that we had gone through when I was a teenager. Gone, yeah. Gone, bro. Like we have, I have a picture of me and my dad in front of the, uh, at Paris Island on the parade deck where we graduate in front of the, uh, Iwo Jima, uh, statue, you know, with the guys holding up the flag at Iwo Jima. So it is, uh, yeah, it's one of the best things, but uh, yeah, I was really glad to have that time because my dad and I were able to kind of reconcile, Come which on. I really needed, you know, at the time. But uh, yeah, it felt good. It felt good. Yeah. Man, coming out of boot camp, bro, when you graduate, doesn't that feel good as fuck? Uh, but I don't know if graduating, well, no, graduating was the best feeling. But the first meal that I had <laughs> outside of basic training was, it was oh. I think it was something simple. I think we went to like IHOP or something, but I'll tell yeah. you what, best goddamn food. For real. It, it did like, so right the day before, or was it the morning? I think it was the morning we graduated. We woke up extra fucking early. We went on like, I think it was like a six mile, you know, motivation run, whatever it was. Came back, showered, got in our fucking dress blues, ready to get going, you know what I mean? And then uh, went to breakfast and they fucking cooked steaks for us for our warrior oh, breakfast. Shit. Shit. Oh, they were fucking perfect states too. So that's shit. Damn. Yeah, there's nothing, and that's the thing, man. What's that? Then we were finally allowed to have a piece of cake. <laughs> <laughs> no shit, dude. We, um, I, I tell you what, that experience. You know, guys that go through that, women that go through that. There is, there's nothing that compares to it in our kind of, in, in our society. This is the, the rite of passage that is, Hey, you want to prove yourself? <clears throat> You've got to do this and you'll make it and you feel awesome. Is that less than 1%? Yeah. Yeah. Our, our military, you know, the, the, uh, United States military is not, we don't have like a fucking billion, you know, uh -huh. people in it. Like we don't, it's a very small percentage 
of the uh, total population of the United States that's actually military. And um, it is, you know, it's a small number, but, you know, they've definitely got the training down. You know, they know how to train. Or war chance for a reason. (laughs) Right. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's something they can never take away from you. That's the thing. You know, that's one of the things I, I probably the best thing life lesson that I learned uh, going into that and going through that is there's certain things that you learn. You, you know, it's that self confidence. You know, a lot of people that don't go through that or not around that kind of person or whatever growing up. When we are around these people, they they feel like we are arrogant. And we're not. We're just confident, and they're not. A, they're not used to it. <laughs> like it's like so. People tell me all the time, like I come off not so much arrogant, but I guess just cocky. But I'm just like, yeah, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Like I've gone through some shit overseas that, like, now that I'm back here, I feel like, well, if that couldn't fucking take me out, I'm not worried about like. Yeah. It makes you way more comfortable with yourself. It makes makes you way more comfortable with life. Exactly. Like, and, and I'm going to tell you what, bro. When you go through that, it is – something changes. Now, obviously, not everyone's the same. I know it does break some people. But for me and what it sounds like from you, like I, I'm not afraid of death anymore. And I, I know that sounds really macho to say. I'm not saying it like that. I'm saying – I am not – I'm afraid of pain. I don't want pain. I don't want to be tortured. I don't want to fucking, you know, break my fucking arms and let – you know, like exactly. I'm afraid to fall off of, you know, high place. I'm I'm normal. I'm a normal human. But I really – honestly, when I think about death, I am 100% not afraid. I really am not afraid. It's like going to sleep. There's occasions for me like – I'm – close to death a couple of times, you know, like some instances where the shit flies past your head and you're like, wow, another inch over and that, yep. that was it. You know what I mean? And then I, you know, I, I accept the fact that someday we're all going to die. You know, it is what it is. I think the part I struggle with most is like, I just hope it's not just that's it. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. Then what the fuck is the point of everything that we're doing? You know what I mean? If you just once you're dead, that's it. But, but I, I'm really big in like space and shit. So like I just see like yeah. the vast the universe, you know what I mean? And I feel like life probably continues on, but not in the way that we perceive it, you know, not you know, what we think we need, it probably isn't what we need. I feel like this is just a staging ground for something better. Yeah. Well, who knows? Yeah, who knows? And that's uh, – I feel like um, when we uh, – my wife is so afraid of dying. It's uh, – it's you know, and whenever we talk about it, like she – you know, there's a lot of people like that. There's a lot of people that are just because of the unknown, like they're so afraid of the unknown. And um, I feel like – Bro, like we go to sleep every night. Do you remember when you fell asleep? Nope. Do you remember what happened while you were sleeping? Nope. Like it's it's peaceful darkness. Like that's it. It's the people is so like tell people this like that the universe, you know, if you believe science is about like fourteen billion years old. I was dead for thirteen billion years. 
and now I've got a hundred years, or you know, give or take. You know what I mean? Yeah. A hundred years to fucking make an imprint in yeah. this universe, and then who knows? I go back to being dead for another thirteen billion years, and then it recycles. You don't know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's a uh, there's definitely well when I learned this is back in probably the early 2000s or late 90s when I learned about the um, like energy right like when you get down to the molecular level all right like the the more you zoom in on cells and you know whatever there's that energy that just it can't be destroyed it never goes away so where does that go what does it do right because we are made up of all this stuff so when this stops right and this stops um for me and you as as a conscious being we stop uh animated whatever but everything that's that makes up this whole thing is still going like on a real tiny level all that shit is still going where does it go so i think that's where the you know people are like oh i don't know is it reincarnation think about is like so i used to believe in god can't say necessarily I don't believe in God, but at the same time, it's hard when you look at the vastness. Everything that's before you, it's kind of hard to put your faith in a book, you know, but my favorite... Did you grow grow up uh, like Catholic or Protestant or... uh, So I grew up in the foster care system, Mm. you know, so I kind of grew up fast, you know what I mean? Right, sure. I didn't really have time for religion, so to speak. Gotcha. But, uh, I like to think that, like, every time period, so, like, ancient Egypt, you know, medieval times, whatever it is, every time period, present, future, it's all happening at once. And when you pass away in one, you get to go to the next, you know what I mean? Yeah, I I honestly don't know. I, I would like to think that uh, any of those... <laughs> Nice options. There's no way to find out, and I'm not. In a- <laughs> I'm going to tell you what what changed for me, and I, I say the same thing that you say. So I grew up Catholic, and I was all in. Okay, on 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 believing, right? Growing up, yeah. And uh, and even after I got in the military, um, like soon after, I still struggle with it. I, I I think that honestly, I think there were two things that mentally fucked me up for so long until I got over him. One was that the believing in God thing. And, and, and it wasn't just the belief in God. It was struggling with trying to figure out what I was seeing in real life, especially in the military. Uh, and then like in front of me in my, you know, what I saw happening, what people could do to other people and all this, you know, that kind of thing. And then what I learned about God and the, you know, the Bible, what the Bible said this, right. And I really struggled with that. Once I let go of, um, and it wasn't an easy process. It wasn't a quick process, but once I let go of this idea that the whole world is, uh, or that the Bible is a hundred percent true, right. Once I let that go and I was open to other options, like, okay, this, maybe this isn't, what it it really is. Okay. Once I stop believing in the God of the Bible kind of thing, and just, I do believe there's something, um, that, that a creator type of thing or whatever, but that started some process. 
But uh, as far once I let go of that, I, I it was liberating. And the other, the second thing was self pity. I struggled with self pity for so long, and I, I think that, um, you know, when when I felt bad about something, uh, it, and it's even like survivor's guilt kind of thing, you know, all of those kind of things. That is, uh, it boils down when you really break it down to the core. Where's this coming from? It's self pity, and when you let that go, and you stop feeling sorry for yourself. Holy shit, bro. I was so liberated. I could talk about things. I still had feelings. I still felt things when I talked about certain subjects, but I was, I was liberated. I was free, you know, and I was able to grow more. Yep. Yep. I forgot what I was going to say. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what was it? It's right off the tip of my tongue. Was about the uh, growing up with religion or foster care or the military and oh yeah so God you know so I want to say around high school I started getting into religion because I moved in with a foster family who was you know kind of religious but you know they knew Tim Tebow personally so I went to the Philippines on a missions trip with him and his like flew on his plane and shit you know all did all. And then when I finally went in the military, like, that's what started my, you know, when you start seeing shit and you're like, you know, maybe God's not so fucking great when you see some of the things we see over there. Mm. And then, you know, I started doing more research into the Bible and stuff. And like, there's like 40 plus books taken out of the Bible. So what's all that information that they're hiding? And now we have this new version and that's what it, like, ah. as soon as I started seeing all that stuff, I was like, mm, something's a little off. I'm not, I'm, I don't know if it's good, but I'm like a naturally suspicious person. So like, I like, so am I. Yeah. I like evidence. I like to see what the fuck, you know, that's right. So uh, as soon as I started, somebody looking, says something, I'm like, why, why, uh-huh. why, why? <laughs> oh. Yeah. I hear you, man. Well, uh, so let's get into uh, your uh, what you got going on with your team. You've got uh, so you know um, for anyone watching and listening. I just the podcast actually just came out today. Um, I talked with um, Hut. Well, I call him Huddy. That's what's on his Instagram. I think it's a good name for him. Now, the one he said on the podcast uh, towards the end was. Uh, one of the nicknames you guys are kind of bouncing around is, is it break or something like that? No, I've always called him. So for me, I've always called him Hudson just because, you know, that's right. What, uh, but I think Huddy would be a better one for him. So he came out the tryouts and unfortunately his ARP nine, I think was broken or something was wrong with it. So he was using some, to me, I call it a Walmart pistol. Cause that's, that's kind of what it looked like. You know what I mean? Oh, shit. Okay. You know, but our coach kind of liked what he was seeing, but couldn't really judge him a hundred percent because you can't. Right. I'm not somebody playing with a, a Walmart pistol unless they're going off crazy. You know what I mean? Right. But, so you know, I told him we're gonna put you as a prospect for now, so you can start learning what you need to learn, getting into it, and then we'll go from there. And I love him to death, but he hasn't been to a practice yet. Since tryouts, Huddy, and then calling you out, bro. Calling him out. 
you know, I love him to death, but you know, I'm I'm very big on consistency, and I, you know, I may come off as a dick when I say this, but I don't take too many excuses. You know what I mean? I don't. No, you have to. You have, have to be. If you want a, a good team, you've got to have standards, and everyone's got to follow that shit. I have one day a week that I, I one day a week is what I tell them. That's all I ask. Right. You can't do it. Don't expect to start, and don't expect to keep playing for me long. You know, because I've done it for a long time. I had a player from TFM. I carried him over into DTP for a while, but he would every practice, you know, all week. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. And then here's Saturday. Not a fucking peep from him. No, dude. Like, oh, my grandma needed this, or you know. And then I think it was like right before championships. I finally like just lost my cool on him and I was, you know, you know, you've always got an excuse. So, you know what? Yep. Wipe my hands of you. I, I'm trying to build a legacy that I can leave behind for the next generation of people that take up DTP and keep on going with this sport. Cause it's only growing. It's only going to, so I'm very big on putting in the work. You should be, you know, talk. And, and there's an old saying, talk is cheap. And that is a hundred percent. I uh, I follow people's actions, not their words. Yep. So it is a hundred percent. If you back up, I don't care what somebody says. I care what they do. Uh, and that is, you know. And there's a lot of people like us that, you know. I think there's certain personality types that um, <clears throat> that will kind of think that way, or maybe it comes a little more natural to think that way because we're critical thinkers. We are, well, why is this? We're a little skeptical. It's okay to be skeptical. Like, you know, it doesn't mean we have to be negative. Now I can be negative as fuck. Okay. I can really get tunnel vision on uh, some negative shit. It's a, and that's, that's kind of my demon. You know, one of my demons I really have to work on. Um, one of my struggles that is, uh, cause it's still, uh, I have to really focus on, that <laughs> you know because bro once one thing i'm like i i really have a an easy time noticing the negative differences with certain things i could pick out you know uh certain things but it um when you have like what you're doing when you have a team you've got to have standards you've got to hold people accountable uh you hold yourself accountable you know it is it, it just you can't you can't be you can't do it otherwise. Uh, and, and then you're, you'll eventually get the guys that <clears throat> will be kind of like-minded <clears throat> and show up on time, ready to go, as gung-ho as you are about what you're – See, that's what, what I'm excited about now is like I feel like now I finally have that in my – so I have three prospects, you know, and two of them are in it, ready, they haven't missed the practice yet. Right, Hudson. He's gonna get there. I, I know he will. He's just got to pull his head out of remove head. <laughs> but um, you know, I have a solid starting lineup. Who they don't miss. I'm like, you know, my I told my guys like, if you're gonna miss a practice, give me a three day notice. I was like, once I I might I might give you once with a sh- like that morning I can't make it. Right. Once. Yeah. But sure. It, it can't become a habit because. That's a bad habit. Bad habits break down teams. Well, maybe uh, you know, like Huddy, his, um, you know, he's young, 
So that's not an excuse, you know, as far as, you know, the commitment or whatever. But because I feel like a lot of, and I say that only because I feel like too many parents, like too many adults treat young, the, our younger generation like babies. And they're not. Like a 13-year-old uh, male or female should be held accountable for their actions. Uh, you know, and I'm not saying be mean or whatever, but, you know, you could, um, you know, when you're working with guys like that, like Huddy, who maybe wants to do, you know, certain things are out of his control, obviously. He can't drive there on his own. Um, so I mean, have you ever thought about, or maybe you have already, talked to the parents or talked to his dad or something? Well, or I, I'm not going to get too much into his personal life because I don't know how much he shared with you. You know, I yeah. know he have a couple of, a couple legitimate re- which is why I'm not overly irritated with him because I understand what he's got going on. But I do know that is very supportive of him being in the competitive. Yeah, he said that. Mm-hmm. Oh, he, he brings him to every, like, all last season, every event. His dad was there, you know, the That's team. Pretty, he said it was like two-hour drive. And yeah. Yep. So we're, yeah. he's in Orlando. So from Orlando to about an hour and a half, but with traffic, floor, hard traffic can get pretty bad real fast. I'm sure. So, you, you know, a 30-minute drive can become an hour and a half drive just like that. Is that something that you guys struggle with as as you're, uh, like, at a field, you're trying to build a team? Is that a common issue you guys have where uh, you find that the people that show up there – I mean, because, you, you, you know, when you build a team, it's probably – I'm guessing – that you uh, you start building a team from the people that you see at the field, right? Yeah. So, so we built most of my team. So myself, my co-captain, and our coach, we were all part of TFM. And my coach, uh, Murder Hornet, I don't know if you've met him yet or not, oh. but uh, he actually, when he moved down to Florida, he made a post in a – uh, airsoft, you know, group on Facebook that typically people would reply to, you know, pretty fast. And he was like, Hey, who's going to be out at this field, you know, someone to play with. And nobody replied to him. So I messaged him and we've been, we just clicked. So, you know, we've been together for, and then we've been playing together for almost three or four years now. Mm. And then the other people I've met, you know, they just click and fit in, you know what I mean? And it's just, it works. And, I, I'm really big on it, not just being a team. I'm also big on, like, it's a team, yeah, but it's also a family. So, like, we do cookouts together, and, you know, we get together outside of Airsoft because if I'm constantly chewing Airsoft down the throat, eventually they're going to get tired of it. <laughs> you know, so I try to break it up with something fun. You know, when it's not tournament season, we we alternate one week in practice, then the next week and we go to our outdoor field and just fuck off, and then the next week and we practice. We go fuck yeah. off, but tournament season, I every weekend we got practice. That's a lot, yeah. It's a lot, and I, you know, I do a. So I install garage doors, and I'm pretty fast. So I put in about four doors a day. You know, I get home usually. Usually by noon, I'm home, which you know still leaves me with a lot to do, but. Man, I'm getting old because we're practicing work, and I come home, and I just crash, man. Oh, you're exhausted. I mean, if you get up at 2 a.m., dude, I uh, mean, think about it. Think about it. You're up, 
at, at 2 p.m., you're up 12 hours. At 6 p.m., what is that, 16 hours. Uh, like, bro, <laughs> you're ready to crash. If, Like you said, when we were, uh, when we talked about setting this up today, um, you were like, yeah, I can, you know, because I get home. I, I honestly, today, I got home later, of course. This is the earliest podcast I've done. And normally I'm home by 4.30. And today we were uh, we got the cabinets in, and so we're unloading them and we unbox them and we start checking them because we want to make sure they're the right ones. Because uh, you know cabinets, when you order them, some of them are are very. You don't know that you got the wrong one until you unbox this shit, okay? Because it might be a a thirty that you wanted, but you got a thirty-two. You can't tell when it's in the box because it's all that you know packaging shit around there so you unbox it we go to line everything up and and you know we're looking at the paper and we're like what the fuck number one we're missing one number two uh they they gave us three wrong sizes that were like two inches off so it doesn't sound like a lot like oh just make it work you can't bro like you only have so much space in a kitchen my father-in-law actually like he works for a company I think it's called Conestoga, but they do cabinets, and he's a salesperson. Gotcha. So, like, all I ever hear about is fucking cabinets. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. He was doing the cabinets in his house. And even with him working, you know, with cabinets every day and shit, like, I think three times they sent him the wrong sizes. Yeah. And he um, he had to unbox all of them, find out they're the wrong size, repackage it. Fuck that, man. Oh, dude. I'm like, isn't there a easier way? What the fuck are we doing here? What, what, but it's, you know, there's uh, every house is different. So like the ones, the buildings we're working in now, they're like fucking, they were built in the forties. Okay. So old concrete brick buildings and, uh, you know, it's whatever. But anyway, I was like, I got, this is the first time I've got a podcast at five thirty. Normally they're like seven, you know, eight, nine o'clock. I got another one tonight at midnight actually because I'm talking to some guys in uh, in Cali, right in California. I'm on, you know, we're on the East Coast, so um, they're three hours behind us. They're like, you know, we can't get together until um, nine p.m. Actually, you'll probably know since you play play Speedsoft, K, uh, KWA uh, Tactical League, the guys yeah. that run that run that that's who i'm talking with tonight at midnight so anyway thought of being up at midnight just makes me shudder in my bones (laughs) (laughs) yeah well i usually stay up till 2 a.m so my normal schedule i'm gonna tell you bro uh i come home from work so i work monday through friday um and then you know doing our our house stuff whatever and then uh i come home I'll, uh, I'll eat something, I'll take a shower, whatever, I'll get my shit together for a podcast, get ready, and then uh, and I do podcasts, and if I don't have one right away, I will edit until I have one, and then uh, and I make sure, because right now, I'm releasing five podcasts a week, shit. Monday through Friday, for the last two weeks before Christmas, I've been doing it, so it's been a month, so anyway... Uh, it's a lot of people to talk to. Um, and so I do that. And then I talk to uh, some nights I have two and three podcasts in a night. Okay. And then uh, I'll edit that podcast 
get it ready to, you know, get ready to schedule and upload all the shit. And then I'll have the next podcast, get it ready, whatever. And I'm editing until like 2 a.m. And making sure that everything, because I used to, bro, I used to fuck up so many like uploads and stuff. I would upload the wrong thing because I, I would edit and I'm like, oh, as I'm watching it or, you know, going through it, I'm like, oh shit, I forgot to cut this one thing out, you know, whatever. And so, uh, and it might be something like 10 seconds, but I can't, I just, the OCD part of me is like, and I'm not, I'm not really that OCD, but the, you know, that little thing, I, I'm, I can't upload it like that. And so I'll go through it. My computer's kind of slow. So it takes like 35 minutes to save this video. <laughs> Fuck bro. But, um, I love it, man. I love, I don't, I don't care. I don't really care about sleep too much. I don't really like sleep to be honest. I don't like, uh, some of the dreams I have. And so, uh, I just, I, I don't, I don't care. I just work until I pass out. Yawns <laughs> <laughs> are coming in. <laughs> oh yeah. You're fine, dude. Go ahead. Yeah. My, my, uh, I don't sleep like, so like I go to bed at eight, but I, I have really bad PTSD, so, like, I wake up three, four times a night just drenched in sweat and have to, like, change out my sheets. Yeah. It's, and my wife, like, sometimes has to sleep in the other room because she'll wake up and, like, the whole bed will be soaked in sweat, you know, some shit. But I, I don't like talking about it, so I just deal with well, it. Well, did you guys know each other before you were in the Army, or did you meet after? After. Okay. Yeah. I mean, she's a real one. She's always stuck through there, but is I don't like to sleep either. Yeah, Probably. I hear you, man. Now, do you feel like uh, do you feel like uh, kind of on edge sometimes when, um, like, at home with your family and stuff? Like, you're always looking around, like this, like you're always on condition yellow. I, I so the best way I can explain like how I feel almost all the time is this is just like a a constant level of anxiety. Like I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm always expecting something to happen. Like I, I, I can't relax when I go to a restaurant, you know, I got to figure out where every exit is. I have to sit the, with my back to the wall. Same, same. Yeah. Like it drives my wife nuts. Cause like I go in somewhere and I immediately start. Like I tell her like, Ooh, there's a, or yeah. like, yeah. I'm like, I, <laughs> when I, like I scan 25, 50, 100, 150 meters continuously. All the time. You know, and she's just like, why? I'm like, because, bitch, IEDs. You know, you never know. <laughs> I saw a bag in the road one time and like almost flipped my vehicle trying to fucking avoid it. And I, oh, yeah. I'm sure, dude. Bro, uh, you need to listen to the, uh, the one. You know, these podcasts I put on um, all the podcast apps. Spotify, all the big ones, you know, they're all they're all over the place. So if you don't want to watch them, you just listen to them, whatever, stick it, you know, as you're working or whatever. The um, on, listen yeah. to the one with um, Muddy, Muddy Reviews. Uh, he talks about the same thing. You know, we, we were on that topic as well. And uh, I've had a bunch of veterans on here and uh, and talking about that. But he was talking about. He said, I never realized how bad I had PST or PTSD until um, I got this one. He's actually still in Navy, so he's about to retire. So he uh, he's like, I got this one. They gave me a shot. I can't remember. It's on the uh, – he tells what it is on the uh, podcast. I can't remember the name of it. 
but it, they gave him a shot of something, and he said it relaxed him to where he was not on that alert condition, you know, yellow kind of thing, you know, all the time. He said the first time he got the shot, he cried because all of this stuff just went away, bro. Like from his top down, just totally like a flood of just a weight off his shoulders, off his mind, just totally relaxed. And uh, I was like, oh, it was like opium. And uh, he's like, uh, you know, he goes, bro, it was, it was so... I just cried because I thought, oh, this is how you're supposed to feel, you know, where you're not looking over your shoulder, where you're not. Well, I, I was telling that be like, because like, so I don't take like when I first got back, they tried to give me Xanax and all this stuff, and like, right. I don't like pills because I I know me, I know I have an addiction problem, so I don't gotcha. want to take that, you know. So they recommended I try medical marijuana. I was like, okay, I'll try it, whatever. Yeah. Dude, I smoke, and, like, I, I assume I'm high, but I'm still just, like, fucking up there, you know what I mean? And, like, I I smoke a lot, too. Yeah. It doesn't fucking do a damn thing to, like... See, it doesn't work for me, either. I'm always... I tried it as well. Ready to go. I'm going to tell you right now. So, for smoking, I would have to smoke enough to where I was passing out. Like, I was literally passing out. Like and And before I'd pass out... I'm talking, I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. Like, I couldn't even finish a whole sentence. Weird words would come, would, would come, and I'm not slurring, right? It would just, I couldn't finish the sentence because halfway through, oh, I'd be on some other topic, yep. and I'm going, I'm literally losing my mind, like, halfway through a sentence. Uh, and so, for it to work for me, like, it really wasn't my drug of choice. It was, uh, it would just have to knock me out. But um, now I'm going to tell you this, dabs. So you know the 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 shit that they scrape out of the the screen, okay? I smoked that and that fucking shit was awesome. Now, it didn't help me re- it it didn't have a relaxing effect. It had the opposite. I was fucking amped up. I mean, it felt great. I was in a good mood. Uh I I forgot about everything, but I was ready to party, you know? So it was a way different effect. See, I feel so for me, like my buddy Marshall, who's my co-captain. So during our SpeedQB championships, like right at right right at the end of the event, you know, during the whole event, like I have to smoke continuously throughout the day to just stay as ant as I am, like tense as I am right now. Like, so I hadn't smoked all day because I was so focused on the championship, like. I had a fucking really bad PTSD. It, like, snapped back to overseas. Like, they said, like, I was, like, like training in on people. Like, I was, all types <laughs> of shit. And I was like, I don't remember none of that. But they fucking, somebody, you know, somehow they got weed into my lungs. And, like, the second I hit it, like, it was just, like, taking me from that high of an intensity, like, you know, where I don't even know what's going on to, like, boom, I was, like, right back to, like, not good, you know, I wasn't relaxed, but I was able to function again, so, like, right. I smoke just to function, which I don't like that, you know what I mean? I don't like being reliant on something. See, that's how I am, too. I'm, I, uh, I hate that I have to be reliant on some outside thing like that to, uh, to cope or to function, 
And uh, right now I'm on uh, blood thinners because of my illness, and then I had this big, huge blood clot. I, you know, I almost died with it, and then I swelled up, gained a hundred pounds in like three months because God. of this blood clot. Dude, I got stretch marks that are uh, on my stomach and my legs that are worse than a pregnant woman. I'm telling you, like they're they're because my I, I blew up so fast. But um, I'm on these blood thinners, and still. And it bugs the fuck out of me that I have to be on them. And mm-hmm. I keep trying to take myself off every like six months or so. And um, and then I start, my legs start swelling up again. I'm like, fuck. And I'm drinking tons of water and like, I don't smoke. I don't, you know, I quit smoking because, you know, the uh, circulation thing or whatever. And um, yeah, I've I tried smoke. to smoke <laughs> times. And, yeah, <laughs> but until the military, I used to yeah. dip. All through high school and everything, I was okay. Like, but the dip you can get overseas, unless you have it mailed to you, is shit. Really? So I just started smoking. Is it mild or something? What is it? No, it's it's, it's strong as fuck for one. I mean, oh, okay. Like, I don't think they have nicotine regulations over there, right? You know what I mean? But it, the taste is just like mud, shit, tobacco. <laughs> So you know now, what you, did you what did you grow up uh dipping? Did you grew up in Florida? Yeah, so I started my very first dip ever was a pinch of Copenhagen fine snuff. Woo! Which about two seconds of my mouth fucking went everywhere. Bro, I turned green. I was twelve years old. My cousin grew up in Florida and we were really close. He got me on he was dipping Copenhagen at you know twelve and thirteen years old. Uh-huh. Because he started younger and he gave me that. He's like, Oh no, you got to try this. So I put it in 10 <laughs> minutes. I was fucking green. <laughs> Throw it up. It was bad. I think the worst, like, you know, experience I had with dipping was not even dip. It was red man chew. Oh shit. And I, I threw in a fucking, um, you know, it was baseball practice, and you're trying. Yeah, to, right. You want to be that guy, so I fucking like, all the old pitchers, man. I was like, fool! I threw in a fucking hog leg and a half in there, and I, you know, that shit started juicing up, and then I just started swallowing it because you know you couldn't spit fast enough, and then like <laughs> five seconds later, and it was just, I mean, mute movie style spewing just across. Oh, yeah, the, yeah. It, Projectile oh. vomiting <laughs> everywhere. I didn't touch dip again, I think, for like two months after that. I was like, "Uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh. Not for me. I'll stick with my big league gum. You know, I did – I got sick on that Copenhagen. And then, you know, I was 12 or 13 when that happened. I I never tried actual dip after that. So I did – do you remember when Skull came out? This is like – well, you're you're younger, but you say Skullberry, I'm running. No, 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 no. It was the um, I think they were called bandits. I don't know. They were little into. Indiv- they pouches? wasn't. Yeah, the pouches. Yep, Skullberry. So this is back in the '90s. I was working in this factory in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, and uh, my buddy was that I was smoking, and huh. uh, I was like, "Yeah, I think I want to quit smoking." You know, whatever. I was on and off smoker since the military. Yeah, and um. Bro, in the military, I smoked fucking Camel unfiltered, like no filters. Uh, and then 
I smoked uh, Marble Reds, and then uh, and then I was like, yeah, I'm gonna quit smoking. So I just quit it cold turkey. And then a few months later, there you go. I got on. He gave me this uh, skull. He's like, oh, check out these skull bandits, man. They're like little pouch things. I was like, oh, let me try one. I tried it. I don't know a couple times. I never, I never got back into dipping. Oh, there's your kitty. He's the homie. Do you have any other pets? Uh, I had another cat, but he, uh, uh, I don't even like talking about it. I miss him. He got That's a fine. infection. Hmm. You know, I had him since he was a day old. I saved him from a meth head. Oh shit! And uh, but he he got a kidney infection, and like I started noticing, like he was just laying in one spot, and, and like he used to come to me whenever I call him, and he wasn't doing it, and then yeah. I can't. And he was just like laying in the tub, you know, with like pissing shit around him. So I took him to the vet and they're like, yeah, he hasn't peed in like three weeks or some shit like that. And he's backed up and he's got a massive, it was like $15,000 plus dollars to try to possibly save him. They didn't even know. If Holy they could. shit. So like, as hard as it was, they're like, it's that or put him down. And I was like, well, I, you know, I'm. Yeah. Or fifteen thousand bucks for my cat as much as I want to, right? And then they're like, "All right, well then it's six hundred bucks to put them down." I was like, "Jesus, y'all are bro, fucking how much to put them down?" And then like they're like, "Ah, oh, this that." And then they had this thing where you could like they'd make a plaque with like his paw print in it. So I was like, "Fuck it, I'll pay for that too." So it was like seven something to put him down. Still haven't gotten that fucking plaque. Oh my god. But I know it's not going to happen now because by now he's probably, you know, cremated or whatever they do. Yeah. But I got him. Now, do you do you feel like uh, having pets like that helps with your... Uh... Yes, because I don't do well with being... I don't like to go out, but I don't do well with being alone. If right, right. She loves to go out and, you know, I don't want to... I don't let my PTSD interfere with her. Having, she likes yeah. to go Stuff and I can't do, you know, she likes that EDM music and stuff, and I can't do all that loud noises and yeah, super packed crowds. That shit sets me off like no other. Bro, we went to, uh, so my wife and I have been to a bunch of concerts in the last couple of years, and um, this last one, most of them I'm fine. Most of the time I'm fine. Oh, shit, my phone's going to die. Oh, shit. What do you got left? 3%. <laughs> all right, well, we'll hurry up. So... <laughs> Tell me, tell me what you got to tell me about your team and your airsoft experience. When did you start playing airsoft, and how did you get to uh, your team now? And why did you name it "Disturbing the Peace"? Go. So I started playing airsoft the first time. I think I was about thirteen. You know, me and my buddies, we all got airsoft guns and we're just plinking around in the backyard. And then his uncle, I think, had like a bit of property where he had some more friends come. So, you know, it wasn't like at a field field. It was just kind of a bunch of buddies in the backyard. And then when I got out of the military, you know, for several years, I didn't, you know, airsoft didn't even cross my mind. And then I was just scrolling through YouTube one day. And I think, I can't remember. I think it was kicking Mustang that I saw one of his sniper compilations and um, and I was like, you know what? That looks like fucking fun. And then I remembered Airsoft. I was like, well, shit. <laughs> so I, I hit Google and sure as shit, there's a field like five minutes from where I live right now. So I was like, well, I'm going to go there. And I went there, went to their store, bought a gun and 
the biggest lie I think I've ever told my wife was, I just got to make this purchase one time and then I'll be good. <laughs> the first $400 purchase has now turned into probably the most expensive hobby I have. Oh, but shit. I, you know, I got into the competitive side a couple years, maybe two years ago or last season, I think really. And fuck, I forgot the rest of the questions. <laughs> uh, let's see. So that's how you got in airsoft. Oh, and then I already, you already talked about how you started the team and everything coming out of the other team, but, uh, why did you name it disturbing the peace or how did you come up? Who came up with the name? And how'd you come up with it? So I came up with the name. I've come up with every name that I've been on a team with. I've come up with a name. So the Florida mafia, I came up with that because, you know, just kicking ideas around and everybody was like, yeah, that's great. And then when, you know, the Florida mafia fell apart, I really wanted, I wanted a name that was going to catch, you know, catch people's attention when they fucking hear it. And, you know, that's exactly what we intend to do this next season. When we come into places is all these teams that are comfortable in their home fields and whatnot, we're, we're there to disturb your peace and hopefully, you know, hopefully take a fucking dub out. You know, I'm not unrealistic to think we're going to go in and smash every, we're going to take it, but at least top three every time and unsettled teams who think that they're, Top shit. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Yeah, like shake things up. You don't mind a little controversy, a little uh, conflict, right? Oh, I love and, uh, conflict. I live for Oh, it. I do too. I do too. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I was ex-infantry. That should tell you all you need to know. Well, I if- mean, bro. Never when, uh, when somebody starts getting mad, like just in, in general, you know, I, I just, I sat there and smile. I'm like, what can I, I, I try to, what can I poke? What buttons can I push to make it worse? <laughs> I poke it while keeping a smile on my face. Just yes. I can drive them. Oh my God. It's so I don't funny, know dude. You, have you heard of the team? Uh, man, I'm about to open a can of worms here. Oh, geez. Have you here heard of go. the SPD? SPD? Yeah. No. Huh? So that's Hudson's old team. Okay. When they first oh. started, like I helped them out did whatever I could for him, you know, gave him tips, advice, all that jazz. Two of their players, which one of them was Hudson, and the other one I have on my team, his name's Voodoo, got tired of being on a team that would never show up to practice. You know, they never communicated, none of that stuff. So they both reached out to me. Hey, you know, can we try out for your team, yada, yada. And I was like, you know, I'm not going to say no, but, you have to leave SPD first. I'm not even going to entertain the idea for sure until you leave. Cause I don't want to be accused of poaching, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. So they left the team. I brought them on. Well, I brought voodoo on and Hudson. There had been a little conflict with Hudson at that time. So I wasn't too keen on him at the, at that point in time. You know what I mean? Just from right. that. She said, bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that unleashed a can like oh my the 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 captain of that team I'm not gonna mention his name because that's cool most people who know that situation know who he was right blowing me blowing up on his story about how I'm I'm a bitch and you know I poached his players and I'm the reason this team you know is falling apart you know, because I made a post saying next year we're going to get a belt. And he's like telling them they're going to win a belt. So they'll leave my team and yada, yada. I was like, if t- if having a goal 
for having a belt is wrong. Yeah, you know, I guess I'm wrong. You know, it is what it is. And it, I didn't reply to him. You know, I, you know, I sent a couple messages back, but for the most part, I just let them go on and on and on. Right. Because then people are going to see what's really going on here. And then Voodoo made a post like counteracting everything he said. He made a video explaining why he had left the team, why he joined my team. All oh, okay. And then like that person made a post like apologizing to voodoo and then, but like, I'm still a bitch and it's all my fault. And I was like, or maybe you should look in the fucking mirror. Yeah. But you know, after that, like it really got me into like, I want to get a team together just, just to smash them, which at championships, that's exactly what the fuck we did. Yeah. No shit. So you guys, uh, so you guys took, took the, uh, Took all that bullshit and uh, then we beat to their them. team. Yeah, and then we beat them. I think they put up 180 points on the day, and then like now what? I don't know what that means. Like I don't know what the uh, relativity. What's uh? How many points can you get? I think I think the max and speed QB is like I'm gonna say a thousand just to be safe. I don't I don't necessarily know what the max is. But I haven't seen a team get over a thousand yet. So, but I think so they we, only had 180 out of a possible way more thousand. than that. Okay, we placed I think ninth or eighth. So it's not like we were gods, but we beat the one team we really wanted to beat. Gotcha. But I think I think we had like 500 points. But oh, okay, you okay. know, just like yeah. all that they had to say for them to put up yeah. that kind of performance. Put your money where your mouth is, bro. Exactly. Back it up. And if you can't, hey, that that's okay too. Like what we talked about when we first started, you know, losing is uh, you know, the agony of defeat can make people better or it can break them, you know? And sometimes those weak, shallow people, it breaks them. Uh and then, you know, they try to sometimes it makes them where they wanna step on like push somebody else down to make themselves look better. And sometimes Agony of defeat makes it where uh, they they want to get better. So yeah. okay, I need to work on myself. I need to work on this. I need to practice, uh, put the time in, put the work in. You know that kind of thing. But yeah, okay. So what do you guys got uh, planned? So you got uh, you're going to do CSL because you're on the, you're in Florida. You're on the East Coast. You're going to yep. do CSL tournaments this year. You're going to do basically as many tournaments as you can get to in your areas or whatever to get some good practice in pretty much any any event major or minor we're gonna protect there's a i don't know if you know jefe or i think that's how you say his name jeffy airsoft yeah yeah Yeah. it's jefe yeah you know they're hosting or he's hosting a speed qb event at legion which is where hudson plays out of with a 500 cash prize all that stuff so we're we're probably going to go up to that one just it's more practice, you know what I mean? That's really all we want. We want to yeah, be I just did a podcast game. with the uh, Hefe. Yeah, it just came out uh, last week, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me and him talk all the time. Okay. Yeah, cool dude. Cool dude. Hell yeah. Awesome, man. Well, dude, thank you so much, dude. This was really spur of the moment because uh, we were uh, we planned this a couple weeks ago. And then with, uh, with your work schedule and whatever we um, – it kind of got put on the back burner. And uh, today you texted me after the uh, Huddy one came out. And um, I'm like, fuck yeah. Do you, I, I got time. What, what, 
can you do it today? And you're like, hell yeah. So yeah, as long as it's not after my bedtime. <laughs> Well, you can go pass out right after this, bro. Your phone's going to die, and you're going to die, okay? That's I'm, it. I'll cook some steaks for my wife and kid, and then I'm going to bed. Fuck yeah, man. Oh, it was great meeting you, bro. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for, for getting on. Of course. I'm definitely going to have to get on another one of these. Oh, oh, sure. Wait. No wait. way. My Your phone's going to die. You better hurry up. I just put it. <laughs> Rip it open. Let's see what we got. Can you give me a knife? Wait. There you go. Yeah, Leatherman. Leatherman has a knife. Gerber's were the funnest shit ever in basic, man. I learned how to get mine to snap open and shit. (laughs) Finally. There you go. Oh, I've been waiting on this. Thank you, baby. Now this is the this is the one you talked about earlier that you bought from a friend of yours. Is that right? Oh. I don't know if their team is. I, I don't know if that team is still a team or not. But it was the captain and or former captain of DSK, which is oh, dirty. I don't know. Okay, dirty what? Anyway, what's the name of it? Uh, DSK. Oh, wow. he sent me a bunch of his patches too. Oh, what's DSK stand for? Dirty South Killers. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, he sent me a bunch of patches. What's that fucking song? I just... Speak QB. Uh, in the Dirty South. Send me okay. a bunch of QB stickers, too. Nice, nice. Oh, finally. Now what we've all been waiting for. Oh, hang on. Let me get this in better lighting. Yeah. Let's flip the camera around here. There you go. Everybody who is listening and or maybe listening to this in the future, I have been waiting for this for hours today like a crack kid. <laughs> you fucking drug addict. Look at you. Airsoft drug addict. Dude, that looks awesome. Who did the paint job? Uh, I'm not sure. I'll ask him. That is fucking awesome. What is that? connector at the bottom is that the hba connector yeah it's the esg grip damn you know what let me go get my tank real quick that thing looks awesome dude she's so pretty man that is nice hang on i got it i got it take care let's see if we can make some magic happen see now that it's here i'm my sleepiness has gone away. Oh, Jesus. You're going to be tired as fuck when you get up in the morning for your work. You are not kidding. All right. Oh, yeah. That's where the battery goes. Oh, he even included. Damn, he hooked it up. He even included batteries. What? what a solid... Damn, those are tiny. So what, what, what kind of batteries are those just for the uh, trigger mechanism, right? So the- like the uh, trigger board? Yeah, these are 7.4s, uh, but they, they, they're only really to power the FCU. Gotcha. Oh, fuck. That needs oil? Maybe not. You don't fucking know. Look at you. I don't know. I don't have a, uh, what do you call it? Allen wrench to open the goddamn thing right now. Uh, that's okay. But at least it's here. So when is your first... Uh, when is your first tournament? 
Um, so I'm hoping to get into the February NSL event at CIA Tampa. Oh, okay. You know, I've already submitted a request. Gotcha. You know, to get on, you know, I don't know. At first, you were able to buy slots, but I think so many people or teams right. try to that now they're going to do a live draw. Oh, okay. Or something like that. Well, what, what I'm what I'm thinking is, dude, that yeah. looks so cool. Bro, that is a cool-ass build. Sick. Yeah, what I'm thinking is after uh, your first tournament, have you on again, and you can show that off, you know, oh, with I- your shit on it. Yeah, I'm definitely down for that. Hell yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> You're so excited. I love it. It's like Christmas, man. It's in the, Look, I know it's bad to say, but it's like an addiction for me. It's just like it's not getting bad. Build and finally getting to like getting on the field and getting to use it. Oh, and my tracer matches. Bro, holy shit. There's <laughs> nothing bad about that. You got, you, you know, you're looking forward to something. It's making, you know, it, it creates this uh, anticipation and excitement and energy that's positive. Uh, there's nothing bad about that at all, you know? No, you it's, see. Uh, it's all good. I, like, I, I probably look like a completely different person right now. Yeah, totally different person. Bro, and you got your gun. You got uh, steaks you're going to cook. You're going to go eat, okay? You got your wife over here. You I can, don't you know. Come on. <laughs> Thursday, but it's Friday for me because I'm on vacation. There you go. Is oh shit. Okay. Yeah, I finally took some. You know, I have vacation time built up, and I was like, "Fuck, I never use it. I might as well like I'm not doing anything. I might go to CIA and practice Friday and Saturday. You know what I mean? But (laughs) (laughs) fucking hell yeah, man, that's cool. Good deal. Well, listen, brother. I appreciate you, man. It's been awesome. I don't want your phone to cut out uh, before we can uh, say goodbye. So, oh, good. I I have it on the charger, so it's it charges. Okay, good. We're good. Yeah, it's what, been uh, it's been a pleasure. Everybody who might listen to this, thanks for watching. Yeah, give some shout outs if you want, um, definitely, or whatever you want to, you know, end I, it with, and then let everybody know where they can find you too. Oh, uh, definitely. So, um, I just want to shout out. My personal, my team, you know, DTP Airsoft. You can find us on Instagram at DTP Airsoft. My personal Instagram handle is DT, DTP Frosty. Um, the picture, I'm just in a purple jersey. So, you know, actually, it's just one hanging up on my wall while we're talking. It's first ever DTP jersey, but we've got new ones coming in. So it's retired. Oh, shit. But we got these. The same, same color scheme. Uh, no, it's actually, I'll send you a picture on Instagram or on, just so you can kind of see it. Okay. Our new jerseys, but, you know, we got these made up, I shit you not, from Amazon. Yeah. And, you know, they, they, they got them here in time for the championships, which is what we wanted them for. Gotcha. You know, shout out to HSA. I absolutely love those guys. Uh, Kappa Doc, he's a great person. Love yes. him. Uh, shout out to CIA Tampa. They do a lot for us, you know, from letting us practice there. They don't have to let us practice there. You know, they always take care of us. So just shout out to the Speedsoft community and Airsoft community in general, man. It's hell yeah. The whole vibe. I love it, bro. Well, I appreciate you, brother. You have a good night. Well, you too. Thank you for having me on. All right, brother. Peace. Thanks.